Welcome to you wherever you are at, whomever you're with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments this weekend. Before we jump into our teaching, do want to remind you of the YouVersion uh, app. It's absolutely free, has all kinds of reading plans, translations of the Bible, and a complete set of notes for this weekend's message. Just uh, do the drop-down menu under events, search for Arlington FM, and there you will find uh, all of our content. Speaking of content, uh, when you're in your podcast player, if you will also search for Arlington FM, you will find all of our teaching series there as well. Uh, well, uh, speaking of teaching series, uh, we are in one called Disciple, Be One, Make One. And it's, uh, it's an invitation to become the kinds of people that can partner with Jesus, that God can use to bring his life in his hope to others. And uh, here is the way that Jesus made that very first call for people like ourselves to follow him and be engaged in his work. Here's what he said, uh, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And it's, uh, it's really an invitation uh, for infinite God revealed through the person of Jesus Christ now living and showing up through us, uh, people like ourselves, everyday common, uh, ordinary people. And uh, that doesn't happen by learning a, a gospel tract. It doesn't happen uh, by getting uh, more religious. In fact, Jesus said what he's inviting us into, you can't put a, a patch on old-time religion. You can't put the new wine that he's wanting to pour into us and through us you can't put that in old wineskins. Uh, there's a transformation that's required. Uh, in fact, uh, Paul, the apostle, would write in one of his letters, we have this treasure of God, this life of God, this uh, hope of Jesus in earthen vessels, in very common, uh, imperfect uh, vessels like you and I. Uh, and we carry around the life of God and make it available to others. Uh, so we've defined a, a Jesus follower with these words, uh, is someone who receives salvation, experiences transformation, becomes the kind of person that can uh, contain this life of God, and participates in a new vocation. And uh, over the last few weeks, we followed the life of one such follower. His name is Peter. Uh, as he goes through uh, this uh, training process, this transformation process, of learning to uh, join Jesus in a powerful way in his mission of reaching others. Uh, depicted at the very call of Peter uh, when Jesus said, throw your nets on that side of the boat. And uh, when they tried to pull them up, they were so full, they began to sink the boats, tear the nets, and uh, Peter realized uh, whom he was dealing with. In fact, he said, uh, Jesus, go away from me because uh, you're holy and I'm not. And uh, if you recall the response of Jesus, he said, I guess you're right. I'll go look for someone else. Well, not really. He, uh, he said to Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And his message was, uh, it really doesn't matter uh, how flawed you are, how imperfect you are. What really matters is, are you open? And have you made your life available for Jesus to uh, partner with you in sharing his love with others? And uh, one of our contentions in this series is this. If we only knew 
what Jesus was inviting us into, we would go all in. If we really had a glimpse of what this meant for us to partner with him in bringing God's love and God's life to others, uh, we'd go all in because we'd realize uh, there's nothing that can bring uh, more fullness of life, more meaning, more purpose than to partner with infinite God and bringing his hope to others. In fact, Jesus made a promise. He said, if anyone will deny themselves, will lose their lives for my sake and the sake of the good news, they'll actually find their lives. They'll receive more than they possibly could ever sacrifice, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. And so we've described all in as this. Uh, all in it means we've come to believe there's nothing that matters more to me than being used by Jesus Christ to reach people. Uh, this is what uh, brings our lives into alignment with our creative purpose. And I love uh, this summary statement as you read through Luke's account of the gospel. Uh, he says this about Jesus reaching and touching, uh, hurting, broken, uh, desperate people whose lives were very distant from God. Uh, we're told this in Luke chapter 4. Uh, the crowd searched everywhere for Jesus, and when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave, but he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because that is why I was sent. Uh, and this attractiveness uh, to the hope, to the life, to the encouragement, to the optimism, uh, to the freedom, to the empowerment, all the things that Jesus wants to do for people, uh, he wants to make us those same types of people. In fact, we saw last week, he said, make the tree good and it will bear good fruit. And that's really what this transformation process is all about. It's about retooling us on the inside where we become, uh, we have the kind of heart and disposition that Christ has towards people. Imagine uh, folks far from God begging Christians to stay around rather than hoping they would leave. Well, to get to that place, we get to go through uh, Jesus's training process to become fishers of people. And uh, we saw last week, uh, Jesus really uh, put his first extended body of teaching in front of his disciples and said, essentially, you want to join me in this incredible work of bringing the life of God to others? Well, here's a place to start. Uh, love your enemies and do good to those who harm you. Uh, those who uh, disagree with you, give them your best. Those who uh, despise you, who uh, don't believe what you believe, uh, serve them, love them, accept them. And why in the world would we do this? Well, Jesus said, here's why. Because that's the way God is. He, he's gracious and kind to the wicked and the ungrateful. And uh, because even people who are far from God uh, love those who are like them. But Jesus said, you want to fish for people? Uh, learn how to give your best to those who deserve it the least. Well, uh, in our training process uh, through Luke's gospel, we come to Luke chapter 9, and uh, it's an amazing uh, chapter in this uh, few paragraphs. We have Jesus sending his disciples out, really on their first fishing trip, uh, to go out and reach people in his name. When they come back, uh, Jesus uh, 
compels them to partner with him in feeding a multitude of people with a few loaves of bread and a few fish at the end of this incredible event. Uh, he, he questions them. Do they, do they really understand who he is and why he's come? And we have Peter's great declaration. Uh, you're not a prophet. You're not just a worker of miracles. You're God's Messiah. Uh, you're the one whom God has sent to reach people and deliver them from their bondage. And uh, after that declaration, uh, Jesus takes uh, the revelation of himself to a whole new level. As we're told on the mount, uh, he was transfigured, he was changed, he morphed, uh, he, light shined out from him, and there was Moses and Elijah standing along with him. Well, this is all in chapter 9, and uh, that's quite an amazing compilation of events, but you could really summarize the chapter uh, with this thought that runs through uh, all of those events, and it's this, uh, we move forward in our experience of Christ when we join him in his mission to reach others. I want you to hear those words again, let them kind of land uh, on your cranium. Uh, when we, uh, we move forward in our experience of Jesus Christ, when we join him in his mission to reach unreached people. And uh, see, that's, uh, that's really the, the next major step in Christ's training process. Uh, he began by calling them, and they joined him, they watched what he did in reaching uh, what he called uh, unhealthy people who were distant from God. He built relationships, befriended them, gave his best to them, uh, told them, if you want to begin to live like that, you've got to learn to love your enemies, stop judging people. And uh, now uh, he takes them on the next step in their progression of learning to become fishers of people by sending them out. And uh, it really uh, brings into mind this truth. At some point, you have to be willing to get your hands dirty. You have to get in there and do it if you're going to learn exactly what it is Christ is calling us to. We have to make room in our lives for people who need God. Uh, we have to make room in our relationships. We have to realize that building these kinds of bridges is our highest form of devotion to Christ. And uh, so uh, here's how Luke uh, reveals that part of the training process. Uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 1, he tells us when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and he gave them authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now, uh, that's quite an opening statement. Uh, Jesus calls together uh, his recruits, those he's training to fish for people the way he does. And uh, we're told that he gave them power. It literally means uh, he gave them ability. He passed on the ability he had uh, to, uh, quote, drive demons out of people and to cure diseases. We're also told he gave them authority. Uh, so he gave them ability and he gave them permission and then he sent them out. Uh, he gave them the ability. He gave them permission. And he said, now go, uh, go and reach people with this life of God. Uh, go and uh, bring the help of God uh, to people who desperately need it. And uh, I had to wonder, as I thought about this scene, 
How in the world do you confer ability on someone just by what you speak, what you say? I mean, they'd seen him do these powerful things, but how do you transfer that kind of power to someone else? It would be like uh, being around Tom Brady, you know, who's recognized as the greatest pro quarterback of all time. Could he simply say, uh, look, I like you. I want to see you do well, so I'm conferring on you the ability to be a goat, to be the greatest of all time. Well, we know it doesn't work that way, but somehow the words of Jesus conferred on his followers power and authority to do two things, really three things. Uh, One would be uh, to drive out evil influences from people, uh, to drive out demons, to heal the sick, to cure diseases, and to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And uh, as I thought about that, you know, I realized that as far as a demon and demonized people, that's not really something I want to be around a lot. In fact, uh, growing up, I remember uh, going to see that crazy movie, The Exorcist, and uh, I had some bad dreams after watching that thing. Uh, But I knew one thing to be true, even though I didn't know a lot about spirituality. I didn't want anything to do with that stuff. And uh, yet here, uh, Jesus uh, displays time and time and time again. He not only uh, doesn't avoid uh, people who are experiencing that kind of oppression, he seems to be drawn to them. And here he gives his followers uh, power and the authority to do something about it. And uh, he gave them the ability, and he authorized them, and then he told them to go. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God, uh, to declare to people, God is available. God is accessible in a way that he wasn't before. Uh, God has now come to us. He's bringing his resources to us, the things that we couldn't manage on our own, the obstacles we couldn't overcome, uh, the sicknesses that we dealt with. God is stepping into those realms, and he's bringing his help, and that's the proclamation of the kingdom of God. And so uh, as Jesus empowered them, as he authorized them, as he sent them, he gave them these instructions. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Uh, He's basically stripping them down to nothing, and really his message is this. As you go on this uh, first fishing trip of reaching people in my name, uh, do it in this way. Depend on God. Uh, Don't depend on anything that you could acquire or bring or any resource you could turn to, uh, but go on your way and go depending on God. And then he says this, uh, second instruction, whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. Uh, Whoever you meet who happens to open their doors to you, uh, stay with them. And uh, here's what Jesus is inviting them to. uh, Build real relationships. And to do that, you have to open up to people. Uh, So as they go on this uh, first fishing trip, uh, they're empowered. They're uh, authorized. They're sent. They're depending on God. They're opening their hearts to people. And then he says this, and if people do not welcome you, we'll leave that town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Uh, In other words, uh, don't let things bog you down. 
if, if people don't uh, want to receive what you have to give, uh, well, then love them and leave them. Be on your way. Uh, God has people uh, for you to reach. He has places for you to go and things for you to do. And so don't get bogged down in uh, whatever negative uh, interactions you experienced. And so we're told, uh, so they set out and they went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. And this may seem uh, like a small addition to the description of what took place, uh, but it's important. They went, uh, they, they got going. And uh, see, unless we get going and we get out of the starting blocks, uh, there's no experience of what God wants to do through us. They acted on what Jesus said. They didn't sit around analyzing what it might mean. They didn't criticize others who weren't doing what Jesus said. Uh, they didn't sing songs about what Jesus had told them to do. They set out and they went from village to village proclaiming the good news of God's kingdom, helping and healing people along the way. And maybe as you hear this, uh, you're trying to connect the dots. How does this relate to my being trained to be a fisher of people, uh, to be the kind of disciple who not only is one, but helps others become ones? And uh, maybe your thoughts are something like this. I don't know. These are the 12 apostles that are being described here. Didn't they write the Bible? Uh, I'm just your average Joe. I'm an average Jane. And uh, I don't know that I can uh, find a place in my life for being empowered and authorized uh, to drive out impure spirits, to cure diseases, to proclaim uh, the good news of God's kingdom. And uh, if you're disqualifying yourself based on who these guys were, uh, listen to uh, chapter 10, skipping ahead a little bit. We're told in chapter 10, verse 1, uh, after these things, the Lord appointed 72 others, and he sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And uh, here's what he told them as he likewise authorized them to proclaim the kingdom. He said, look, the harvest is plentiful. There's a lot of people out in the world who'd love to know that God is accessible, that he wants to help them with the things that distress them the most. Uh, but the fact is the workers are few. And Jesus is saying that's not optimal. That's not the way it should be. These crowds of people who are begging me to stay, I'd like to do for every one of them what I've done for some of them. And the way he does it is by sending out more workers. So he says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out more workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you. And so uh, we really can't disqualify ourselves based on any thought that these are exceptional people whom Christ has uh, called, chosen, equipped, empowered, sent uh, with an assignment and a duty to bring his life and his hope to others. Well, uh, as I was uh, thinking about this passage, and uh, one of the things that I'll do occasionally is uh, take my wife into work. She works at uh, Seattle Pacific University. And uh, often when I uh, take her into work, I'll, I'll spend a day kind of doing what I call my, my urban walk. And uh, I will set out from uh, SPU campus, and uh, you'll see in this photo here, uh, some of the places my uh, eight to 10 mile walk takes me 
I go up over the Queen Anne neighborhood, down in the Seattle Center area, down to Pike Place Market, through the urban sprawl, the urban mess, and uh, make my way back. But uh, as I was pondering this passage this week, I decided, you know what? Uh, today I'm going to do this. Uh, today I'm going to really uh, meet with Jesus before I head out on this walk, and uh, I'm going to let him call me to himself. I'm going to let him uh, empower me and authorize me and send me out uh, to drive out demons and to cure the sick and to proclaim the good news of Christ's kingdom. I'm going to go out with that purpose in mind. And uh, in fact, uh, I decided to take Jesus literally at his word to not bring an extra coat, to not bring a bag or a staff. In, in fact, I left my day pack. I left my credit cards, left my wallet, left my extra coat. I even left my iPhone. You talk about deprivation, doing without. I was stripped down to basically what I had on my back. And so as I set out on this walk, seeking to be available to the Lord to go on this fishing trip for him, initially I found myself feeling apprehensive had thoughts like, okay, this is going to be a long day, no provisions, no nothing, it's a little bit cold out. And, uh, but then as I transitioned on my walk, I started thinking thoughts like, as I saw people, and wonder, you know, wonder if that guy's got a demon. Wonder if this lady is terminal, battling an illness. I quickly concluded that was weird. And so then my thoughts just started turning towards being open, being on assignment, being available to whatever God might have for me. And uh, then I found myself singing this old familiar song that I hadn't sung in years. Uh, but here are some of the lyrics. It says, How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, proclaiming peace, announcing news of happiness. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. And uh, those words begin to permeate my heart and my mind and I realized it's really a beautiful thing to go in Christ's name being sent by him being empowered by him being authorized by him to proclaim the goodness of God to bring God's hope and God's help into very real situations saying another song uh, out loud I've got a river of life flowing out of me makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. And uh, as I began to uh, ponder and celebrate those realities, I found myself uh, doing a couple of things with the people I encountered, uh, smiling a lot, uh, wishing a lot of people good morning, uh, have a wonderful day, have a marvelous day, have a blessed day. Uh, but in addition to that, I saw myself beginning to think differently about people, beginning to see them differently. When I'd see someone coming out of their home, getting into their car, I wondered, wonder what their hopes, dreams are for today. Wonder what their challenges are. Wonder if they're discouraged or encouraged. What are they struggling with? What difference could God bring into their lives? And uh, as I went through my day, uh, I also found myself um, beginning to go through transitions. Uh, I lost that initial enthusiasm as I just kept putting one foot in front of the other, 
I found myself beginning to think about, well, what was I going to eat when this walk was over? You know, what was going to be the next part of my day? And uh, I realized uh, during that journey that we go through transitions when we're sent, when we're authorized, when we're empowered, we can get off track. Our minds can go astray. Uh, Jesus told about the different kinds of soil. Some start out well, but as soon as it gets hard, they bail out. Uh, others, they just get distracted by the busyness and the pleasures, the obligations and the duties of life. And uh, on my journey, I get uh, got to uh, make adjustments, keep coming back to what is my calling? What is my purpose? What's my assignment? What has Jesus sent me to do? Uh, well, as I uh, made my way back to my car, the day was about over, was getting ready to go uh, pick up my wife, call my first fishing trip sort of a kind of success, but not really. Uh, I got a phone call. Uh, and on that phone call, uh, it was someone I hadn't talked to for years. And uh, they said to me that uh, a family member had taken his own life. And uh, she was calling me, uh, just wondering, is there any perspective I might have, any truth I might be able to speak into the situation? And uh, I can't really explain it. Other than this, it was like opening the floodgates. It was as though everything that happened during the day was preparation uh, for that conversation. And there came this, uh, this empowered this authorized ability to speak life and health and truth to that dear woman uh, and to her family. And uh, I realized, uh, really, after uh, bidding her farewell, that all of that day really served as preparation uh, for that one moment when Christ uh, wanted to meet her at her point of need, when he wanted to bring to bear uh, God's eternal kingdom on those very distressing circumstance. And, uh, you know, uh, Luke 9 reminds us uh, why it is so vitally important that there are people uh, like ourselves that are willing to be empowered and authorized and sent and actually go uh, to reach people in his name. Uh, Luke reminds us through this chapter why that matters so incredibly much. And uh, here are really three uh, truths that he brings out. Uh, number one, it matters because this is Christ's only plan for maturing disciples. And, uh, here's the way I would say it. If we're trying to do Christian, if we're trying to become mature without becoming the kind of people that reach others with the love of God and the hope of Christ, uh, we're really off track. Uh, we're, we're trying to do something that's at odds with what Jesus came to do. He said, this is why I was sent uh, to go from town to town and village to village and proclaim the hope of God's kingdom and the forgiveness that he is offering to people and the help that he wants to bring into their situations. Uh, see, this is the plan uh, for becoming like Christ is we see what Christ does. We get commissioned by him and we do what he did. We go in his name with his authority and his power. You can't get that. Uh, by reading Christian books. You can't get that by sitting in church. You can't get that by going to concerts or, or conferences. You get that one way, by going, by being sent, by being willing to step out in simple faith 
and represent the hope and the life of Jesus uh, to others who are in need. Uh, you know, my wife and I were uh, traveling through Europe on one occasion, and we were trying to make our way to the airport. We didn't have a lot of time to spare, and we had to uh, change uh, trains a few different times. And uh, we got to one train station, ran our way to the next train, luckily got in just as it was taking off, and we quickly realized we got on the wrong train. It was heading away from the airport and not toward it. And what did we do? <laughs> the very first stop, we got off and we got on the right track. And uh, I would just say this, uh, if you're doing a brand of, of following Jesus that doesn't involve uh, reaching people that are far from God, giving yourself sacrificially, genuinely, authentically, in faith and empowerment, uh, you're on the wrong track. And uh, you can stop, you can get off, you can get on the right track today. Well, uh, Luke brings out the second reason it matters so much that there are people willing to be empowered and authorized by Christ to reach people in his name. It's this. It's not only Christ's only plan for maturing disciples. It's his only plan for meeting the needs of humanity. You know, we, we often lament uh, how broken the world is, how desperate the world is, how fallen our culture is. It, this is Christ's plan for meeting those desperate needs. And this comes out in the feeding of the multitudes. Uh, the disciples look at this hungry crowd and they say, Lord, send them away so they can go be fed. And uh, he has an interesting response uh, to his fishers of people in training. He says, you feed them, you feed them. And so they bring what paltry resources they had. They saw Christ break, bless, multiply them, feed the multitude. And according to Luke's gospel, when all was said and done, there were 12 baskets left over that the 12 disciples gathered. Well, what's the message? Uh, Christ wants us to partner with him in meeting the immense needs of humanity. And it doesn't matter what we don't have. It just matters that we bring to him what we do have. And then uh, here's the third thing that Luke teases out of uh, this chapter 9 of his gospel uh, us being empowered, authorized, sent, being willing to go in Christ's name to reach others. It's his plan for maturing us. It's his plan for meeting the desperate needs of humanity. But also, it's Christ's only plan uh, for making himself known to us. It's how revelation happens. Uh, at the end of this marvelous chapter, we have this uh, scene that we're going to look at more closely next week where Jesus invites uh, Peter and James and John to go up the mountain with him, and there he is transfigured before them. It's a fancy word for me, meaning he changed, he morphed. The, the light and the life of God shone through him brilliantly. And uh, two of the heroes of the Old Testament show up, Moses and Elijah. There's this incredible uh, revelation, but it comes only after the fishing trip and the experience of feeding the multitudes, of, of being willing uh, to go to others in the name of Christ and uh, bring his life and his hope. Uh, Jesus said it like this, uh, as much as you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. And that in those experiences of, of serving the needy, the desperate, the depressed, the discouraged, uh, 
We experience Jesus in ways we never could in other ways. And, uh, you know, I, I had an experience recently where I was invited uh, to do a memorial service. And uh, this was a service for a gentleman who was not a churchgoer. And uh, the day that I went out to the venue where this memorial service was, it wasn't a church. Uh, it was at a large equestrian center, uh, a large horse ranch. Uh, there was an auction uh, building, uh, barns for the beautiful setting. And uh, as I arrived, I was quite surprised at the numbers of people that were there. There were hundreds and hundreds of folks. And uh, when I showed up, the celebration of life was well underway with food and drink and uh, all kinds of uh, people uh, making merry together. And uh, it was quite different. And uh, I was given kind of a limited role. I wasn't asked to uh, bring any great words of truth. I just open with a prayer, uh, lead the time of sharing, and close with prayer. And, uh, but quickly, as I began to move among those people, uh, I was impressed by their genuine affection for the deceased gentleman. And uh, as the storytelling unfolded, uh, it was quite hilarious. It was colorful. The language was colorful. But it was authentic, and it was beautiful. And I began to find in my own heart a growing affection. I was thinking to myself, this is much better uh, than being uh, at a church among the fully redeemed. I loved the setting that I was in. And as I went to close in prayer, uh, I couldn't help but slip in a comment about Easter coming up soon. And I just said, you know, uh, that's when we acknowledge that a man named Jesus Christ died on a cross on Good Friday, and on Easter morning, uh, rose from the dead, and said, you know, uh, if that really happened, that's a game changer, especially for times like this, and just made a, a brief comment about the fact that we grieve, but we don't grieve like people who don't have hope. And uh, what was amazing about those brief words to share with this very different uh, gathering is uh, while I was sharing those, uh, people outside the doors were, were crowding around the openings to listen in. And I realized in that moment, uh, these are my people. These are God's people. These are those situations where God designs us, trains us, authorizes us, equips us to be his presence. And uh, that's where life is found. Uh, that's where uh, the joy is discovered. And I happen to believe it's, it's what God is calling each of you into as we follow uh, the voice of Jesus and obey him uh, to become fishers of people. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father, we just want to thank you for how near you are. And thank you that we can declare your kingdom has come. Uh, Lord, you're available. You're accessible. Jesus has opened wide the gate into your presence through his work on the cross. Lord, we want to live in those realities. We don't want to live muted lives. We don't want to be among people who are desperate for hope, who are facing challenges they can't cope with on their own. And we don't want to be silent. We don't want to be sleepwalking through life, Lord. We want to be your people on assignment fully empowered uh, to do the things you want to do for people. We have permission. We're authorized to be your representatives. We can declare the goodwill and the favor of God to whomever 
we are interacting with, Lord, and I pray that you would uh, open our eyes, open our hearts, renew our minds, and fully engage us in your work. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. As you're listening to these words, uh, maybe you're thinking, you know, I've never really decided to follow Jesus, but I want to do that. You got my attention. Uh, I want to I go all in and uh, see where that would take me. And uh, I would just encourage you, uh, pray something like this. Uh, Lord Jesus, uh, thank you for what I've heard. Uh, thank you for what you've done. Uh, thank you for uh, your desire uh, to, to meet the needs of people. Lord, I want you to meet my needs. I want you to come into my life. Uh, I'm begging you to stay here. And uh, thank you for the assurance. That's why you came, Lord, for people like me who will simply call upon you in truth. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Help me uh, to get on task with you. I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.